Welcome to the Crossways Podcast, the podcast where we talk about how we can walk in the way of the cross. I'm your host, Jonathan Germany, and with me is my great friend, my co-host, Joshua Fowler. This podcast is brought to you by the Ministry League and also Goodwood Church of Christ and Holly Hill Church of Christ. We're glad you're here. Oh man, what is happening, everybody? I'm uh, I'm having a great day. I got a, a new haircut. I feel like a new person. If you don't recognize me, well, it's because I got like all my hair cut off, and uh, it felt great. As it was getting cut, I just kept feeling lighter and lighter. <laughs> and uh, after I preached this past Sunday, I had someone, you know, one of our teenagers, say, "Jonathan, uh, just curious, do you do you think you need a haircut?" <laughs> and I went like two months ago. She goes, okay, because when you went up there to preach, I leaned over and just said, he needs a haircut. <laughs> and I'm like, well, thanks a lot, you know, but I don't disagree with you. But so I got my haircut, was running to make it back in time, barely had time to grab some lunch. So if I'm munching, uh, please excuse me. I am starving. I didn't even, I've been having breakfast lately. I normally don't do breakfast. But I, I've been I've been making some uh, scrambled eggs, and then I have a meal shake. I'm trying to get healthier. So today on the way home, I got fried chicken because fried chicken <laughs> is well. Maybe I need to rethink life's decisions. But that got me thinking as I was driving through the drive-through at a restaurant. Times when I've wanted to order something at a restaurant, and they said, "Sorry, we're out." Uh, have you ever been at a restaurant where you're like super excited to get something and you, you know, that's why you went to that restaurant and you or that's why you went somewhere and you order it and they say, sorry, we don't have that. We're out. Man, I've got, there's, there's two things that really come to mind. Number one, traveling, um, eating while we're traveling is really difficult for us. <clears throat> Uh, my wife is uh, celiac, so fast food is almost universally off the table. Um, but uh, Wendy's always has, well, let's just say Wendy's has a baked potato on their menu. Always, right? <laughs> always on their menu. I can't tell you how many times it's been like, ooh, there's a Wendy's. And Heather's like, let's just go to Wendy's. Everybody can eat something there. Um you know, they got chicken for Dylan, Joe to eat a burger, and they have a baked potato for her. And so she'll get up there and she'll be like, hey, I'd like a baked potato. And they always say, let me check and see if we have any potatoes. Like, how do you not have potatoes? What do you mean they need to check and see if we have potatoes? But the number of times that they are out of potatoes is remarkable. Um, I did have uh, an instance I guess it's been about a year and a half ago where Jody wanted an iced coffee from uh, McDonald's. Um, and the only reason she chose McDonald's is because there wasn't a Starbucks or a CC's anywhere close, but there's three McDonald's nearby. And so we went to three different McDonald's <laughs> just to try to get her an iced vanilla latte. And but the ice cream machine, it's always broken. Yeah, the first one, you know, the, the drive through was super long. I was like, I'm not waiting in line. So, we were on our way. We passed by the second one and they're like, Oh, I'm sorry. We're out of coffee. I'm like what? You're out of coffee. 
it gets better. So then we come to the one right here by the church because we're on our way to Wednesday night church and we pull up there and the lady there says, oh, I'm sorry, we can give it to you hot, but we're out of ice. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we've got to get more creative than that, people. Come on. Um, we're so out of people, ice? We're out of ice. That's what. Uh, that was, oh, man. Was, You'll like this. So. so I was in, was it hmm, grade school? I don't know how old we were. But we had had a deal with Burger King with our school and a fundraiser for, I think it was for like a veterans fundraiser that we would get 10% of their proceeds that night on this Thursday of each month or whatever. Right. So we were all excited. So we show up like a ton of people from my school showed up to Burger King and we get there to order and they say, yeah, we can't we can't sell burgers <laughs> at Burger King. <laughs> and I went, this is Burger King, right? Like the king of burgers. And you can't, you know, sorry, it was something with their grill or something was broken or being cleaned and they couldn't serve anything. They had to cook that way. So they're like, yeah, we can sell. I think it was like chicken fingers, maybe. That was about it. Oh, that's funny. and it was no, nope, no, nope, we can't sell burgers. And I went, what, what do you, what do you, he's like, what about the, the chicken? Yeah, I can't do that either. No grilled chicken. It was nothing that was grilled. And I was like, you think you could have planned this a little bit better? Or now maybe it broke, but it was the funniest thing. And yes, Connie, not only were we mad because it's Burger King, but it's also like, this is the fundraiser night. Well, you know what she's saying? Jay would be livid. Oh, um, Jay. Oh, Jay. Oh, yeah, Jay. Because <laughs> Jay, yeah, I, yeah. you know, Jay is a retired from McDonald's. And so, you know, the fact that, you know, one of his stores. Now, I guarantee you when Jay was there, they didn't run out of anything anytime. And if they did, he'd run to the store and get it to make sure they could sell it. So Yes. Well, I'll tell you, so, the best was now, uh, Claudia, if you're watching or anyone related to the Pullmans, if you're watching, this is nothing against Miss Claudia's cooking. If you've ever had Miss Claudia's cooking at camp, you just know it's awesome. I mean, we had, you know, chicken zetrazzini, tater tot casserole. These are not camp foods we would have. Awesome food. But my, one of my favorite nights was always when Jay would come and make us chicken nuggets. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't anything, I'm sure. I mean, he just had something special. You know, I, I'm yeah. sure it was a lot of love, but I tell you, everybody was excited when they saw Jay pull up. It was, oh, we got the good chicken nuggets coming now. <laughs> and it was fabulous. We were always excited. And he would walk around and be like, who wants seconds? And he had a whole tray full of chicken nuggets. We were, uh, oh, it was, we were living the dream. We were, and, so we guess- ne- and we never ran out of chicken nuggets, even after all those hungry campers, because you know what? Jay brought enough chicken nuggets. You can settle the debate here as we were talking about the difference between Cane's and Chick-fil-A. Um, Jay Plunkett's chicken is God's chicken, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, you oh, know, we can, uh, we can look here in uh, Mark chapter 6 about the time when uh, Jesus fed his people chicken nuggets. I guess fish sticks. <laughs> fish he fed sticks. Him, he fed him fish <laughs> sticks. Um, in uh so in Mark chapter six, you know, we have this scene where, you know, it starts off in verse uh, in verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. 
Um, and I love Jesus' answer to their report. He says, come away <laughs> by yourselves to a remote place and let's rest for a while. Yeah. Um, for many people were coming and going and they didn't even have time to eat. Um, you know, so there's one thing when something is is not available, but have you ever forgotten to eat? Um, it's a yeah. rare occurrence for me. It's a rare occurrence for me. I don't usually forget to eat, uh, but I will be sometimes. I'll just be so busy that I look up and it's like, oh, man, it's 2.30. Like, no wonder my head kind of hurts. Um, yeah. You know, because yeah. I it's I haven't eaten in eight hours or however long. And um, It's either and so, during something when you're super busy or when you're super stressed because when you're super busy and you get caught up in doing something maybe it's a project for me a lot of times it's building you know around vbs time if i'm not you know when i wasn't in charge of stuff where i'm mm -hmm. having to remember keep in mind i have to feed my volunteers whenever i was just helping out or doing something you always oh it's lunchtime already or you're helping someone move oh that's why i'm feeling tired or when you're super stressed because then you just, you almost then, you don't want to eat sometimes. And that sounds weird, but it's very few occurrences, but it's important. And I think Jesus is realizing that's why rest is so important. Yeah. I, I, when I get under stress, I eat. Um, yeah. In fact, that's, uh, I eat when I'm bored. I will go, <laughs> I'll eat, I'll eat seven meals a day when I'm stressed. And not like seven little meals like you're supposed to, but seven full meals. I'm like, just <laughs> eat, eat, eat. It's, um, at, at that point, I'm like, mm, I think there's something going on when when I'm always <laughs> like hungry like that. So it's kind of crazy. But yeah, there's this real this this, this importance of rest, you know. And, and we see it with Jesus. He frequently kind of goes off to himself. And here, I, I love that he's kind of pulling the disciples in and saying, "Hey, you've been busy. Um, you need to rest for a little bit. Um, you haven't even taken time to eat." There's been people coming and going. So come away by yourselves. Let's go to a remote place um, and let's rest. Uh, I, I think I think that's a look. We're going to look at this at this miracle of feeding of the 5000. And it is quite possible that we're not even going to mention the actual miracle part of this. As we look at the things that surround, you know, what actually goes on, because I think there's a lot of this that we kind of miss out on because feeding the 5,000 is so remarkable, yeah. you know, that, that there's so much surrounding this, this event uh, that I think it is easy to, to kind of lose sight of. So, you know, mm -hmm. the importance of the importance of rest, the importance of stepping away into a place of solitude and just taking that time to not only reflect, uh, but to recover. The Lord rested on day seven from creation. They have a Sabbath that's there. You talk about the Sabbath rest for God's people in Hebrews. You know, rest is this theme that we see. But sometimes, uh, and sometimes you just you just can't get away. You had had times where you just can't get away from the busyness. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, and I'll talk about in, in the time where where I and I've learned a lesson not to ever do it again. And, uh, but if we don't rest, because we say we want to be busy and maybe it's with good intentions, we want to plan a lot of stuff or we want to be involved, but if you don't take care of, and you can not saying it's all about you, but if you don't take care of self, sometimes mm -hmm. you can't take care of others. 
And if you end up going and burning yourself out, then you have to say no to a lot more things. And if you just said, hey, I need a day to rest. All right. Hey, I need an hour or two. Let me get caught up on some stuff and then I can help you because then I'll be more refreshed and I can be a, I can be more beneficial. I can actually not get in the way or yeah. I won't be a walking zombie. Uh, I remember one time and I'll never do it again. I planned a zoo trip the day I got for little kids. The day I got back. I'm sorry, hold up. No, no, no. The following day after camp. Mm -hmm. So I had a week long camp and I said, okay, we get home on, you know, Friday afternoon, Friday night. We'll leave at 9 a.m. on Saturday with the younger group and we'll go take an all day zoo trip. I've never been and, and I don't get tired. Very, I mean, I'm tired, but I'm my tired is normal people's energy level. And uh, that's just how I roll. I've never felt so tired at a church activity than that moment, especially one where I was in charge, mm -hmm. where, or at least I was, uh, you know, organizing it. I was so happy. I had, you know, it, it was a smaller group that showed up and, you know, not the fact that I wish, you know, I do wish more people showed up, but the fact that those who did show up were so supportive and, a, and a one of family in particular was just like, you don't, you know, you, <laughs> Why'd you pick this weekend, Jonathan? Why'd you do this to yourself? It wasn't, hey, can't believe you. It was, why would you do this to yourself, Jonathan? You, yeah. you need some rest. You need to rest. It, it's okay. You could have waited a weekend. Or, hey, you know, we're glad you're here. And But they were so supportive. And I had, and I, I kind of made, I kind of, luckily, because of my personality, I was able to, to make it a joke and have fun with some of the kids. And I had one kid, and I was riding with them. Because, you know, we don't have transportation for the church. So we were riding into those vehicles. And I didn't want to drive that day either because I was on very little sleep. So I uh, was riding next to um, this young kid. And uh, his name was also Kaysen. And, uh, and I'm sitting next to him. And I'm like, I'm going to act like I'm asleep because he is a talker. I love him. But I was like, let's see what happens. And uh, so, I, and he goes, wake up, Jonathan. And he's like pushing my head. And it was the funniest thing. So I just kept acting like I was asleep the whole time. And it became a game. And, if, and then, you know, the grandparents were there. They're like, leave Jonathan alone. I thought that was funny. So it just became a game and I was able to play it off a little bit. But I learned never to plan major events where I need some rest in between. Thinking, I know, you know. I'll, you know, banking off of my high energy, being able to pull it off. Yeah. Well, sometimes you just can't get away from it though. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I say you can't, sometimes it just follows you around. Yeah. Um, there have been several times, particularly over the last year where my wife has come up to me and said, give me your phone. I'm like, but then what would I play games on? And she's like, it is your day off. Um, you have been busy all week and you need to give me your phone. Um, it's like, well, I'm not. It's like, nope. She's like, give me your phone. You have to step away. You have to take a break. Um, you need time away from this so that you can be better at it when you come back. You know, and then, of course, in my mind, it's like, yes, but what if? And she's like, there are other people 
who can do everything that you do. And if you don't answer your phone, they will go to the next person on their list and they'll make that phone call. I promise you they'll do it. Yeah. And if it's a and, big enough emergency, they can get a hold of you by calling somebody else to get a hold of maybe even your wife who can filter it and be like, he'll get back with you. You know, he'll get back with you. Yeah. I and mean, if it's an emergency, like say someone's like being hell, you know, airlifted to whatever. And it's one of those, you know, obviously even on day off, you have to, you know, be with the family and some, and sometimes like that. And those situations, it's good to have a filter. It's good to have yeah. someone saying, Hey, okay. but even in that moment, I'm not the doctor. Yeah. You're not the doctor um, either. I'm not the yeah. helicopter pilot. No. Um, I'm not the hospital admissions agent. Um, and not no. that what, not that what we do in those moments are not important, but the importance of what we do will be equally important in six or eight hours yeah. as it is in this moment. Correct. Correct. Rest some because um, you might, they might need you to stay up with them that next evening overnight. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And so, you know, Jesus says, hey, come away with me. And they and they get in a boat by themselves and they go off to a remote place. Uh, but what happens? The crowd sees them, right? <laughs> and so the the pitter patter of the feet of the people who are like, where did Jesus go? Oh, he's going over there. Let's go. Let's go find him. He's trying to get away and we're not going to let him get away. Um, and so they go and they track him down. Um, and. You know, I've been there, right? It says, many saw them leaving in verse 33, but many saw them leaving and recognized them, and they ran on foot from all of the towns, and they arrived at this remote place ahead of Jesus and the apostles. Right? So it's <laughs> We like, know oh, the shortcut. Let's go this like, way. <laughs> and so they beat them there. And look, I'm thinking, if I'm the apostles and I'm Jesus and I get there, like, I'm just going to be consumed by the by the exhaustion, right? Yeah. Um, what does it say Jesus did when, when he got over there, right? In verse 34. Yeah. He had compassion. He had compassion on them. He had compassion on them because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach. Um, that, you know, is just another example. And like I said, we haven't even gotten to the feeding of the 5,000 yet. And here is this event in Jesus's life. And there's so much in here. Um I know when I'm really tired, it's hard for me to have that compassion. I know it's there because I acknowledge that what I'm feeling is probably not the right thing to feel. Um, but but this response of Jesus, we see this this compassion. And, and that's really, I think, one of the things that we need to be mindful of as, as Christians, not just as ministers, but as Christians in general. It is so easy for our hearts to become calloused. Mm-hmm. Um, and to become worn down and to see that just go, oh, brother, here we go again. No, and Jesus looks and he says, well, these people are starving. Um, they're st for a teacher. He mm -hmm. recognizes they're like a sheep without a shepherd. Um, and so the compassion of Jesus in this really, especially in this time in my life and in my ministry, this really strikes me um, because so many people right now, they're just tired. Um, and you can see the way they're responding. They're responding emotionally. They're responding out of that exhaustion. Um, and it's frequently not a response of compassion. Um, so I think we have to see this and recognize this should be our response, even when we're tired, even when we're exhausted, even when you're in the middle of a pandemic, even when things aren't going your way. 
um, compassion, you know, wins the day on this. And, and, and I love this picture of him pulling up on the shore and seeing the people and go, man, I love these people. <laughs> yeah. I, people can see right through when our reaction is, this is not convenient, but I should do this. Um, how can I help you? And they, <laughs> yeah, right. they, they, they'll see right through that. Now, now maybe, you know, perhaps it was, that's also why maybe we have to prepare ourselves when we are tired to say, Man, I know this might happen and remind ourselves, here's why I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it because I care about these people. And, um, too often inconvenience, the, the, some of the most inconvenient times when I've been approached to help someone has also been some of the most important times. And, and it's, you know, where maybe it's, man, this was getting a call at five or six o'clock in the morning or even earlier, you know, but getting a call before I want to be up isn't really convenient. You know, getting woken up by a phone call is not convenient. It's just not. No one would say, oh, yeah, that's convenient. I love getting woken up. <laughs> but in those moments, you can't react with, what do you want? I mean, <laughs> you know, right, right. Okay, never mind. I'll find somebody else. No, 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 no. I'm here. I'm here. What's up? No, thanks. Thanks, but no thanks. You know, yeah. in those moments where, you know, I, 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 I've been woken up by a phone call, you know, before. And I remember thinking, you know, and, and. You never know how you're going to react until it happens. And I remember thinking, oh, no. I mean, because you just, you see that, you see that number in your, in your, and you see the time and you put two and two together mm -hmm. and, and you have to, and you almost have to sometimes make sure you respond in a way because you know what you're about to answer is about to be important. And if it's not, then you can respond appropriately by saying, okay, call me in two more hours. This, this could have waited. But most of the time, people don't want to call you in the middle of the morning. Right. They just don't. Right. And, and, and here, Jesus knew, man, at least they had that moment traveling in the boat to relax a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't know what he was doing on the boat. Maybe he was preparing his disciples. Hey, <laughs> rest now. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and this, this may actually make a good uh, uh, scripture when you're talking about deacons. Because... You know, he recognized they are a sheep without a shepherd, mm -hmm. and he began to teach them. You know, he recognized there was a need, and he filled the need. Um, yeah. He just went to work, you know. He went to work teaching them and, and feeding them the things they needed to. Um, and then if you look a, a little bit, you know, further on here in verse, uh, in verse 37, well, in verse 35, it's getting late. The disciples come to Jesus. They say, look, we chose a remote place. Remember, we were getting up to a remote place and they beat us here. There's nothing to eat here. We need to send them off into the towns to eat um, so they can buy themselves something to eat right there. They're working on this way. It's like, look, we came over here to rest. I'm getting my rest, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, let's, let's find a way to get rid of them. Yeah, that was their motive. Their motive wasn't I can you know now uh, I we I I kid when I say this I don't know what their motive was, but I'm wondering if their motive would have been, man, if they go and get food, we can I relax. Get my rest. Yeah, well, we we can finally get our break. And Je and Jesus replies with what? <laughs> feed them. Yeah, yeah, no, you feed them. 
you give them something to eat. Um, and you so don't there, get your rest now. <laughs> you had your chance in the boat. <laughs> there is a there is a recognition of a very real need, though, right? It's like we came over here a while yeah. ago because we needed to eat, and we've not yet eaten. And now there's all these people here, and more time has passed. Not only have we not eaten, they haven't eaten. Um, and so and send them off into the town. <laughs> yeah, right. Hangry. <laughs> <laughs> and and Jesus says, you know, okay, feed them. Okay, so should we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? Like, okay, Jesus, so you're telling me to feed them. And how many how many times in my life have I really heard clearly or seen clearly this path forward? And I'm like, I see the direction you've set me up and pointed me in, but there is no path forward there. You know, and here are the apostles sitting there and Jesus tells him to feed them. And they're like, that's a great idea, Jesus. I'm in. However, we don't have any food. And do are we really sure we want to spend that kind of money on bread? Right? And so it seems like such an obvious command. And sometimes we need that obvious command. Um, I can remember, um, you know, particularly in pitching. Uh, and it was more obvious to me as a coach watching some of my boys struggle when they were pitching than it was to me. Cause when I was throwing and pitching and playing, I blocked out pretty much everything, you know, but you get a kid, he's up there on the mound, he's 11 or 12 years old and he's having a hard time, you know, finding the strike zone and somebody inevitably will yell from the stands. Hey, come on, baby, throw strikes. And it was like, Oh Yes. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. Throwing. I didn't know. Thanks. Here I have been all just trying to throw, throw, throw balls and things in the dirt. I didn't want him to hit anything. Throw strikes. That's what it is. Now then, that you've given me that command. Now that I know exactly what to do. Um, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of imagine that kind of a sensation. It's like feed them. It's like, okay. yeah, I know we need to feed them. How are we going to feed them? Um. Simple command, complicated problem. Um, but I guess the the main thing for us is, you know, when we see that and, and we don't see the solution, uh, do we focus on the lack of a solution or do we turn back to Jesus and say, okay, I'm with you. Show me how. And not be like, I don't get it. I'm out. You know, well, but I, they stood there in the moment. Yeah. It almost also seems like... Their solution wasn't, hey, here's a problem. How are we going to solve it? Their solution was, Jesus, you have a problem. You fix it. You tell them to leave. Or, you know, almost asking them, hey, Jesus, if you tell us to leave, we can tell them to leave. And uh, because we don't want to be the ones to tell them to leave. But if you say it, we can tell them you said to leave <laughs> and uh, go get food. And Jesus is like, no, you're not getting out of this. You know, you see a problem, you, you fix it. You know, you meet it. And too often, we like to look at problems and say, oh, look, there's a problem. There's a problem. There's a problem. Now, it's important to talk about problems because if you don't, then you ignore them. I get that. Mm -hmm. But just saying there's a problem without saying here's a possible solution sometimes is, problem, it is normally problematic. Right. You know, I, I think we here's a good lesson in learning 
to seek after solutions and or seek after the wisdom that God can give us to solve our problems or to solve situations. Because they come up with a solution and and it's not a bad solution. Um, In fact, it's perfectly logical. Okay, well, if you want us to feed them, it's going to cost us a lot of money. Um, But I'll go to town and I'll get the food and we'll come back. Um, But that's not what Jesus has in mind. And sometimes I think, much like we talked about last week, how quickly we forget what God has done. Sometimes I think we quickly forget the power that that lives within us in the spirit of God, that we don't mm-hmm. um, take it of what is there. And to simply just say that, kind of like what we'll see in Mark chapter 9, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm with you, Jesus. Um, I want to be too. with you. I want to be with you. <laughs> well, yeah, I, but I am currently there. I am currently here, and I am currently aware that we need something to eat, and so do they. Um, and you said feed them, and I will do that. I just need you to show me how. And kind of surrender into that moment of let me be here in this moment. And I'm going to turn this over to you in a humble and servant-hearted way so that you can show me how I can make how we can make this happen, you know. Um because I think I think the the real lesson in this for the apostles is after the feeding, um, when they go pick up all the leftovers. Um, have you ever fed a whole bunch of people? Um, how often do you get to eat when you're in the middle of cooking, preparing, um, passing out food? Um, <laughs> you know, you don't usually get to eat, right? You well see he, he here's the thing I've learned this and 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 it's been echo and this lesson this this important fact is is all over all the cooking shows you have to taste what you cook so you know you eat while you're cooking and that solves all the problems and you know but um uh, I ingest because you know uh, while you're doing that you're like you have to remind yourself okay this is not for me right now you know but oh man this this tastes pretty good this is gonna be pretty this is gonna be pretty good for him. We um we have a, a member here, Nick, and uh, he's been uh, a cook at some restaurants before um, when he was um, in some previous jobs. And so he's always cooking for some ladies days a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has a couple of people that help him. I, I help, you know, he does a lot of prep. He's really good at prepping. And uh, and then I help him in the morning and we get up at, you know, I don't know, 730. I'm down there. And uh, for lunch, you know, I mean, no, we start pretty, we start early, you know, he's already prepped the night, the night before. And now we're starting cooking and we'll make stuff. And literally it's, we'll taste as we do it. But for us to really eat, we don't eat until people have had all, everybody has their food because we also want to make sure one, two, three, four, five. So, you know, we're, we're counting to make sure we have enough. Right. And uh, now we always over prepare because you should, but if he, but once everyone has food, sometimes we'll be eating in a corner, and then if something has to be done, we put the, the sandwich down, and we start to serve again. And it may take me an hour to eat one sandwich. <laughs> right. And uh, you just don't have time because as uh, – who is it? Um, it's on my, on my stand. Hold on. Simon Sinek, eat, uh, leaders eat last. You know, mm-hmm. it's leaders eat last. Right. And uh, – I've been at some places where uh, at camps, the counselors go through first because we have a staff meeting. 
And I'm like, well, I don't want to have, you know, if staff meetings around lunch, so be it. But at the same time, that kind of defeats the purpose. But those cooks don't eat. Those cooks, I've walked in an hour after lunch. They've cleaned up and now they're eating. Right. You no. Know, so those are the true leaders. Yeah, so every year at Easter, um, I, uh, I cook barbecue for the church. I have a big barbecue. Um, the first year, you know, we have, at that time, we had about 150 people, um, a little bit less than that here at the church. Ended up having about 75 stay, you know, for a barbecue lunch and a little Easter egg hunt. And um, I cooked up some barbecue and I had, I probably had 10 or 15 pounds left over. Well, so the next year, um, I expected it better be a few more people. The church had grown a little bit. We'd added some families and there were some other friends who were coming. So I expected that to be a little bigger. So I expanded and I, I usually plan to have about a pan of everything left over just in case. Um, well, instead of the hundred that I was expecting to have stay and eat, we had 140 stay and eat. Um, there was not one scrap of anything left over. My corn was gone. My barbecue hash browns were gone. Um, the sausage was gone. The smoked chicken, the smoked pork, um, everything. Like the last person came through the line and I'm like scraping through, you know, what can we get that's left over here to fill a plate? Um, and I didn't eat anything um, because, it, you know, it wasn't available there. Here the disciples come through. How does this whole episode begin, right? Where did we begin with this? We're hungry. We're day. tired. Right. It's been a long day. There's been a lot going on. Let's go to the other side of the lake and get something to eat. And let's rest. Mm -hmm. They get to the other side of the lake. There's no time to rest. Um, there's no time to eat. And so they begin, Jesus begins teaching. And they begin helping. And now there's been... What does it say? It says a lot of time had passed, right? Mm -hmm. um, when it grew late. And the, the hour is now late. Yeah. Yeah. It says, hey, we still haven't eaten. And so he says, okay, well, let's feed the people. And so they're feeding the people. And once the people are all fed, they're being fed by the apostles. And while they're feeding the people, they're not eating. And so they still haven't eaten. And they get to the end of this scenario and just like you said the cooks at camp he says now it's time to clean up so once you go pick up the leftovers um i don't think it's insignificant what they pick up you know what do they pick up in their leftovers 12 baskets 12 baskets of food 12 baskets full of pieces of bread and fish and so you know you have these apostles who were there with jesus i'm assuming there's probably 12 of them I don't think they were going to be able to get the full 120 of the kind of core group of people that followed him around from place to place. These are his apostles. They're Each apostle took a basket and they were walking around and they were like, we'll combine them when we're done. And then they're like, dude, yours is full. Mine's full. Right. I'm starting a, to understand. And they get a golden corral kind of a, a feast there with a giant basket full of food that they can now sit and gorge themselves on. Um, 
And so, you know, I think you have this great lesson where, you know, it says with Jesus, it's like, look, I've got you. Like, I know we need food. I know you need food. And I know it's working and I know you're tired, but stick with me and you will be provided for. Um, And that's the question that comes to me is, is, is the sufficiency of Christ's provision enough for me? Or am I seeking, um, am I seeking a fast food meal somewhere else? when Jesus has prepared me homemade barbecue, you know? Um, and, and I think, I think that's maybe the most important lesson of this whole episode in this life between Jesus and the apostles uh, is this stop looking for things anywhere else. Trust me, I've got you and I'm going to give you everything that you need. Um, I, it's just a powerful image in collecting leftovers uh, to me. Uh, oh, I love that image because too often we we seek after other things. You know, I oh mean, when I'm stressed, what do I do? Well, I, I go for food or, you know, there's a, for here, when I'm really, you know, sometimes it might be my Thai place. I love a Thai place here. <laughs> Good chicken fried rice, 20 stars for those of you who are in Frankfurt. Just 15 more stars than they asked for on the menu, you know, but, you know, I want I want it hot. I want it spicy to wake me up and make me happy again. And um, or maybe it's man, I tell you, it's. Maybe I, I search after. Laying on the couch, watching TV, I'm stressed, I'm tired. Here's what I want to do when really. You know, here it doesn't say they're going to they're going to rest and eat, but. I'll say most of the time when we see Jesus going off somewhere, where is, what's he going off to do? Pray. To pray. Yeah. And he does that. And we could look at it after every, or sorry, not after, before almost every major decision or every life, if not every, you know, before he picked the disciples, he was in the, you know, he was praying and, Mm -hmm. you know, before this, he was praying. He's always going off to pray because he's getting rest, but he's finding his rest and finding his energy from God. Now, I'm not saying, oh, cool, don't eat. You never have to eat to get energy. Well, no, don't be dumb. You need protein, right? You need carbs, you, you know, good carbs. You need all those good stuff to, you know, your body needs. But here, prayer is just as important to re energize us to do the work that has been left behind for us to do for the kingdom. Right. And he's reminding, I think here we see that he's, you know, Jesus is showing us, I have this solution. You know, I have the answer. And like you said, I will always protect you. And that's been God's message from the very beginning in the garden. I'll protect you. Just, just tend the garden. That's all you mm-hmm. have to do. Tend the garden and don't, don't, don't mess with that one tree. That's all you have to do. That's right. Two rules, actually three rules. Tend the garden, don't mess with that one tree, and go and make babies, right? I mean, that sounds like a great life, you know, but no, they had to go mess it up for all the rest of us, and now it's okay, and then God's people, hey, you follow my commandments, I'll take care of you. You know, you'll win a battle by Moses holding up his hands. He won't even have to really fight that hard, because you know what? It's already been decided that you're going to win if you follow me. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'll give you food, I'll give you water, here. I have all the solutions. I am your comfort. God, you know, Jesus talks about come to me, all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. rest. And uh, maybe it's rest on this earth. Maybe it's rest in the next life. Maybe it's both. Mm-hmm. 
but we'll never find out if we don't go to him. It's good stuff, man. I love these stories. I'm looking forward to the next few. Definitely, definitely. So what's our take-home? What's your takeaway point from this? I mean, I think it's that God's always taking care of us. That, that's what I take away from it. Yeah, I finish up with the same way. Like, um, you know, Jesus is always asking us this question. Um, am I enough for you? Yeah. Um, am I enough for you? Uh, that's the question that, you know, God came back to Job with, basically, when Job was kind of complaining about his loss. You know, this God isn't said, just God. Yeah. And God came back and basically just said to Job, don't you know who I am? Yeah. Um, Where were you when I laid the foundation yeah. of the earth? And, and you know, you have confidence in all of these things. And, and it's important to be able to have a house over your head and to be able to have family and to be able to have these things. But, you know, God says to Job, if all that stuff is gone, am I enough for you? Yeah. You know, and I think Jesus says this to the apostles here. Um, Do you trust that I am enough for you? Um, You may not have food but I will feed you what matters. Um, and here at the end of this, then they can sit down and they can eat and they can be filled because they have done and served um, alongside of Jesus. So, Oh yeah. That's yeah. uh, it's the, it's the, the deal for me. That's the question. You have these questions that pop up. Who is this man? And here you have this other question. Um, am I enough? Am I enough for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's good. That's good. Oh, man. Excellent. Excellent. Well, hey, guys, thank you for joining us. Um, I'm Jonathan. I'm your host. This is Josh, my co-host. This has been the Crossways Podcast. We want to leave you with one of my favorite verses from 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, verse 21. And that says, just simply, for to this you have been called, for Christ also suffered for you, leaving you in the example so that you might follow in his steps. Our goal here is to walk in the steps of Jesus. Even though it might be crossways to the world, we might find ourselves walking in the way of the cross, which is always important. And that's our goal, is to become more and more like Jesus each and every day. Uh, as always, these videos are brought to you by Holly Hill and Goodwood uh, Congregations, but also part of the Ministry League Network. You see I'm wearing the T-shirt. Oh, that was even better. I even didn't do it backwards. Um, so that's really important. Um, I need to remind you all, if you have not downloaded our app, the Ministry League app, you need to do so. It has all sorts of podcasts on it. You can find our podcast anywhere. You also listen to your podcast. It also has a ton of resources. A ton of a song selection. So if you want to sing some songs, you don't know the lyrics, or you want to lead songs at a youth activity or at an event, or maybe in your home, uh, it's a great resource for you to, to go to. There's all sorts of things on there, uh, even some video series that you could use. Uh, we'd love for you to download that. It's on iOS and Android. And if you have any questions, you can always contact us and make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of the above, YouTube, everywhere. We hope to see you soon. We'll see you guys next week.